Radishes, baby wipes, vinyl records, you name it. At Walmart, you can save on almost anything. Now you can save more time by making cash deposits and withdrawals right at checkout. $3.74 service fee and limits apply. Green dot NMLS number 914924 and 908-739. Welcome to another episode of the Ever Black podcast. On the show, we are joined by the Atomic Clock himself, legendary drummer Gene Hoagland who will be heading down under with Dark Angel next month for their first ever Australian tour. Now, I've got to say that before this interview, I was uh, pretty nervous, actually. Uh, Gene Hoagland is, is one of my absolute heroes, and I didn't know what to expect, but he was just super cool and uh, really open to chat about everything from Dark Angel to the New Testament album, Death Clock and what's going on with that. Uh, he's busy as hell schedule, and uh, he also talks a bit about Strapping Young Lad and his love for it, and addresses the talk about Devin ask, asking him to play on uh, Empath, which uh, he answers very honestly, and it was super appreciated that uh, he even opened up about that. I mean, look, Gene and Devin together are a force to be reckoned with. I mean, City, in my opinion, is the greatest metal album of all time, and I know a lot of people argue that, um, but that album is very, very important to me, and uh, one that uh, I listen to still quite regularly. As he says in, in the interview, you never know what the future holds. And even if it's just Gene and Devin on one track together again one day, uh, that would be killer. But, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, Devin's out there killing it with his latest album, Empath, and Gene's got a million bands that he's working with. So uh, busy guys, but uh, I did like that he mentioned that they're still friends and uh, that's what's important. So... Uh, yeah, he also mentions that he'll be doing some drum clinics while he's down here too, but the dates are to be confirmed as I'm recording this. But uh, in the meantime, get your tickets to Dark Angel's first ever Australian tour, which kicks off on Wednesday the 25th of September in Brisbane at the Zoo, then Thursday the 26th of September at the Manning in Sydney, Friday the 27th of September in Melbourne at Max Watts, and then wraps up in Adelaide on Saturday 28th of September at the Enigma Tickets are on sale now through www.hardlinemedia.net. Uh, there's also uh, limited VIP meet and greet packages available too. So uh, get a photo with uh, those guys. Legends. Thrash legends, guys. It's going to be incredible. All right. Before we go into the interview, I do have to mention that this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Blacklight Art and Design who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs. They've done all our shirts and hats for Everblack Media. They've got such great turnaround, and we love their work. All right, so go check them out, www.blacklightad.com.au. show is also brought to you by our good friends at RW Promotion, who are the best in the biz when it comes to stickers, flyers, banners, badges, and all other promo you need for your band or business. Go get yours at www.rwpromotion.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube and Everblack podcast through iTunes, Spreaker, and wherever good podcasts are streamed. Uh, hit the subscribe button. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you can leave us a quick review, it really helps us out uh, getting, uh, getting the word out about a little show here. And we've got heaps of awesome episodes in the works right now with, uh, don't want to spoil it, but uh, some really cool names. And um, yeah, we've been working hard behind the scenes here to bring them to you. So we can't wait to drop them in the next uh, couple of weeks. 
Here is my chat with the Atomic Clock himself, Mr. Gene Hoagland. Get your tickets to the Dark Angel Australian Tour, and I will see you guys in the pit in Brisbane at the zoo. It's going to be phenomenal. Enjoy Horns High, people. Hello, this is Gene. Hey, Gene. How are you, mate? Hey there. How are you, Ned? I'm good, man. Well, uh, of course, Dark Angel are coming down under for the first time in September, which is incredible news for us, man, as we'll get to hear some of those classic tracks live, like uh, Time Does Not Heal, Death Is Certain. Man, so many classics from those albums. I'm so pumped. How does it feel to be bringing that stuff to Australia, finally? Well, we are so excited to be coming to Australia. Australia has always been an amazing place to play, and all the guys are super stoked to be heading down there. We're we're glad that Australia is now, you know, a market that's that's toppable. You know, back when we were, mm. you know, doing our stuff back in the 80s and 90s, Australia wasn't quite the market that it is now. So the interest wasn't, you know, so great. But, you know, that's one place that we've always wanted to play, and we're so happy to be coming down there. And, and you know, we're going to be bringing some Dark Angel metal to everybody. And, and, you know, the shows are always a great time, and we have a good time, and, and I know Australia likes to have a good time, so it's going to be a, a match made in heaven or hell, whichever way you want to look at it, every night, and it's going to be awesome. So we're really excited. And how's it like, uh, you know, when you revisit those songs? Does it like, take you back to the time when you were recording them and making them and writing When you're jamming them live? Sometimes it does. Yeah, sometimes it does, Like especially like on, on the tracks from Darkness Descends, for instance. And mm. I have to... I have to go back to that caveman teenager style of mine. You know, <laughs> I wasn't quite the drummer then that I am now. So sometimes revisiting those songs, it's just like, how in the hell did I play these? Like, like what the what was going on in my head? You know, so um, I, I I I didn't know then a lot of the things I know now, and so now I have to forget a lot of those things that I know in order to go back and just, you know, mm. just blast, you know, just, just blister the drums and play super fast. And, and, you know, uh, skills wise, it's, it's not a problem. And, and, and it wasn't back then, you know, I was playing to the best of my ability back then. And now I, I probably have a little more ability, but I've, you know, I, I always want to bring, I guess that, that youthful teenage enthusiasm, you know, that's, that's what, that's what the dark angel show is all about. And, I tell you, we try not to play as fast as we did back in like 85, 86, 87, because those were blistering tempos we used to be at. I don't, I don't even know if any of those old shows are on YouTube or anything, but if they ever make it and you get some old show from 85 or 86 or even 87, it's like, God damn, these guys are just ball crushingly fast, you know? And mm. so we try to keep the songs just, you know, where they are, uh, what? recognizable you know because they used to not be recognizable live and, uh, so now you know now you'll you'll know hey yeah they are playing you know burning of sodom or darkness descends or something you know it's we recognize it so, so that's pretty cool but we try to bring a lot of energy every night and you know touring australia is is, is a definite challenge from the mm. actual touring aspect of it you know as as you guys know it's it's a lot of a lot of early morning flights and then you get to the next next city and you go straight to the venue and you do your sound checks and you try to grab a little rest before the show and 
And then, you know, after the show, you head back to your hotel and you wake up. You got to get up at 6 a.m. sort of thing the next morning to get on the next plane flight. It's a challenge, but I'm, I'm sure everybody's going to be running, running on so much adrenaline. Everybody's going to be psyched and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed always. So there you go. You guys seem to be really enjoying jamming with each other still after all these years. Still. Totally. Like, see on, yeah, you know, know, I can see it in, you know, live footage I've seen. That's cool. Well, we, we do. We have a good time. And, and our, like I've mentioned in, in some of these interviews I've been doing, you know, our, our, our rehearsals, yeah, we play the set. We, we get through the songs, but all we do at rehearsals is we just try to crack each other up all the time and we're hacking on each other. You know, it, it's, we definitely got the band camaraderie and we, we never lost that, even though Dark Angel went by the wayside for mm. however many years that we did. We, um, we never we never dissolved due to you know animosity or bad blood or anything. It was we were always friends. You know, just when it was time to kind of pack it in, we just moved forward individually, kind of thing. And and but anytime I'd come through town with any of my other bands, you know, Strapping or Death Clock or Testament, Fear Factory, whatever, you know, the guys would come out and you know have a good time and stuff. So. We've always been pals, and now we get to, you know, get to be the band again and, and have a good time together. So we, we, we have a real good time with this, and that's the most important thing. You know, if it's not fun, there's no point in doing it. So it is a lot of fun. So there's our point in doing it. Oh, is there a new album you guys working on? We are working on, on new material, absolutely. Uh, awesome. Jim Durkin and myself, we get together when when we can. Um we both have some pretty hearty schedules. So mm. when I find myself back in town here, I, I live in San Diego and Jim lives about two and a half hours away from me up in, up in the LA area. And, um, you know, so when I can make it up there, uh, Jim and I get together, that's kind of the best way that we have found in writing together. Like it's just back like the old days where Jim's got a guitar, I've got a guitar throw some riffs around. We're really good at bouncing ideas right off each other. I come up with a riff. Jim comes up with some cool augmentation of it. And I try to do the same with his riffs. And we have a pretty good and actually speedy working relationship in that regard. So, uh, you know, we've, we've tried all the other ways. Like, hey, here's some, you know, let's try some Skype writing together. Not quite as productive. And, and you know, I'll... I'll some videos over some of my stuff, or general tracks and stuff, and send the video over it, over of it, or the, the two of these tracks. And you know, we we just when when we have the time together, that's always the most fr- fruitful and productive uh, sessions that we get out of it. So, um, with my schedule being what it is, we do as much as we can when we can. So that's it's taking a while, but. It's also going to be a ball-crushing killer record, and I'll be really stoked to unleash it on, on the world when, when it's ready. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm so keen, man. And in regards to you, you you as a drummer, though, like you seem like you're a really uh, organic, like you're a drummer, where a lot of drummers these days, um, when they're writing stuff, they'll, they'll program, they'll sit in front of the computer and nut it out. Do you do that, or or you prefer to sit on the well, kit and... I, I do prefer to write with a you know a drum machine or a drum program because then you have all this stuff at your disposal right then and there. You can track things directly to your interface on your computer. I like that. 
I just don't have that capability. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have the home studio set up like a lot of guys do. Um, so even back in the day, you know, Dark Angel, our demos for each record, like starting in around 1988 or so, um, our demos were drum machines. I picked up one of those Alesis HR16 uh, big album looking size uh, <laughs> you know, drum machine and it was it was real beneficial for us I got really good at programming that and for instance on I know I know that uh, Roadrunner re-released Death's symbolic record um, mm. years ago like bonus tracks and stuff like that and I know that some of that exact same drum machine I, I took it over to Death as well and and we there's some of the drum machine bonus tracks on there. You can you can hear how good Gene was with the drum machine. So um, I, I like the drum machine. I like the the all the new you know like the Superior Easy Drummers, Superior 2.0, and all that. Um, yeah. It's just I, I I wish I was better equipped to take advantage of all that technology. So these days, you know, Jim and I we purchased a little electronic drum kit. So. Jim and I will sit across the, you know, the space from each other. We'll, we'll whip out some riffs and then it's like, okay, we got, let me throw some beats down and we'll toss the riffs on top of that. That's pretty quick and manageable for us. The only thing that's challenging is the schedule in order to be able to get to that point, you know, get to where Jim yeah. and I ain't room to get. But we, like I say, we do what we can. And when we get together, we try to make it as, as productive as possible. So it's coming slow, but we're stoked. Because you're, I mean, you are probably the busiest drummer in metal or the industry, I'd say. Uh-huh. You, you are hectic, man. It's like you always seem to be uh, on the road or recording and, and, and stuff like that. Like, how do you find time to do, do all this, man? Especially, and, and you just worked on the Godzilla soundtrack, too, to throw that in on top of that. How, how do you find, uh, how do you schedule everything out? Well, it's always helpful to know what the main projects are doing and, you know, like on the calendar sort of thing. So you Mm. have, like, say, for instance, you you take Testament. Um, Their stuff, it usually goes on the the group calendar. They, They put their, you know, they put their blocks on like say 2020 like hey guys you, you need to block out from this month to that month and then we're gonna have a three-week break and then we'll be blocking up from this month to that month then another break after that so it's in those breaks if i know what's happening well enough ahead of time it's you can you can make it all work you don't get a lot of free time because a lot of times you fly in from finishing a tour and then you got to jump right over to some other city to do a session somewhere or yeah. do something else for somebody you know, this is all I do. You know, I'm, I, I set my life up very early to be a, a, a working musician. So um, I'm I'm stoked. I am definitely the poster child for living one's dream. You know, I was 11, you know, from the age 11 through 13. That's when I really started solidifying the fact that this is what I want to do with my life. I I don't want to be a policeman or a fireman or, a, you know, even a baseball player, which I had the, the, the possibility in my future for. I'm like, no, I'm, this is what I want to do. I want to play, you know, drums for a metal band and tour the world <laughs> and see the world and pay the bills and, and just do my thing. And that's 
what I've been able to do forever. So I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. And, you know, I, I, I take advantage of any downtime, though. You know, I'll, I'll put myself right on that couch if I can. I'm the laziest person in the world. <laughs> Believe it or not. But, uh, you know, you, if, when, you, when it's a passion, it, it doesn't seem so bad. You know, it's the, mm. and it's the passion. So well, I, I'm pretty fortunate. I, I, I try to keep my, my, my outlook real positive. And I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't turn into that grizzled old bitter veteran. You know, I try not to do that. Every, everything's exciting. Every day is exciting. Every tour is exciting. So, you know, it's all a real fun experience. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I get to experience what I do. And you, there's another testament on the way too, right? You know, really yeah, right? yeah. I have tracked, I've tracked my drums for that. And I know they're still there. If, if it's not done tracking yet, it's, I, I'm sure the rest of the guys have finished the tracks because they were, I, I think they got really, really close, but we just got back from Europe. So about yeah. a month and a half ago, we went to Europe. And so I know we were trying to finish the album before the band left for Europe. But if there is any loose ends, I'm sure they completed those loose ends as soon as we got back sort of thing. So I would imagine the album is probably getting mixed by now. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Andy, Andy Sneak is going to be doing it. And obviously he's pretty busy with Judas Priest and he's probably got a bunch of sessions waiting for him too. You know, like, hey, <laughs> you know, he's probably got eight, ten bands doing the same thing Testament is to him. So, um, <laughs> so Very once true. he gets that done, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I've heard that testament's release date will be early early 2020 and i'm sure the touring cycle will just get cracking pretty immediately after that and hopefully australia is in there too i'm sure it will be you know because australia is such a great place to play and you know every every band loves playing australia you know the fans there are great you guys are all real knowledgeable on metal and that's always helpful and for me i love the fact that australia has taken to the extreme sides of metal so much, you know, like you always got a heavy audience in Australia. And so mm. I'm always cool with that. I love bringing the heavy shit out. Any of these bands that I've ever played with that has, that have had some, you know, success on the radio or anything like that. I, I couldn't give two fucks about, you know, or you got videos that were real big and those songs are real popular those video songs, those radio songs, they're never the heaviest in your catalog. So fuck those songs. That's the way I see it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people disagree with me, but you know, like screw playing the radio song that everybody heard, play the heavy shit that your fans are into. That's, that's what I like. So. I'm with you there. I'm definitely with you there, man. Talking about heavy shit. I mean, one band that I was always hoping that we'd see down here was death clock, but we never had that chance. Ever, do you Absolutely. think they ever would be, yeah. or is that well? Done? You know, that is better suited for Brendan. However, there's we never say never, and like for instance, Death Clock has a show booked in November here um, up in Los Angeles. It's a it's a mm. big you know it's it's a comedy festival that that or or music festival that Adult Swim the network is putting on and uh, the 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 simplest 
summation that I can come up with for the reason that we're playing the show is Adult Swim is extending an olive branch, it kind of seems like, to, to the band for the future. We'll see what that future might entail. You know, mm. like I know Brendan's a busy guy on his own. He might be yeah. like, I, I, I would love to, but I don't have time for it. But everybody loves Death Clock. We love Death Clock. I know Brandon loves Death Clock. And there's been a little bit of space in terms of, you know, in, in terms of time, I guess. There's been some time since the band has been able to either play shows or, or you know, um, attempt to move forward. You know, that's why Brendan's been uh, uh, concentrating on his Galacticon project, which that last Galacticon album, uh, what was it called? Uh, Become the Storm. Um, yes. Yeah, that was essentially a Death Clock record. You know, like, if, if you ask me, you know, sure sounded like Death Clock, and there was some Nathan Explosion kind of vocals on it. And yes. I think that was Brendan's, in, you know, like, this is, we we can't, be death clock anymore but we've still got music in us so we'll have to change the title change a bit of the the scenery around the concept but musically it, it had all the same challenges of death clock so um you know but you just never know about the future and i wish that i i, I wish i knew more about it but I've got a real positive feeling about some things and that's about the most I can, I can say about it, but I know Brendan could elaborate. I always feel good about death Clock's future, you know, like I'm always the one holding out the hope. Like, yeah, I know the, I know the network was, was a bunch of, bunch of fuckers and things didn't <laughs> end up on the best note, but mm. you never know. And so we'll see what that sort of attitude brings. Hey, you never know that sometimes brings a lot of positive stuff in the future. So I'm always down for that. That is absolutely very true. And of course, one thing I did want to ask you about, it's totally cool if you'd like to skip the question, but I did hear that you were asked to play on Devin's Empath album. Is that right? Well, you know, Devin reached out and, you know, he, he asked, you know, and, and we started communicating a lot. And, you know, Dev and I have always been friends. It's, you know, yes. when, when scrapping went by its it's you know went by its wayside, you know we we wished each other the best, and you know I'm always excited to see Devin, you know achieving what what he wanted, and you know and he did reach out, and it was at a, a, a period where I had a bunch of stuff going on, and the schedule on my side was just crazy and nuts. I couldn't commit to anything, mm. and. There were actually, you know, for the last year and a half, it's it, there's been some extraneous things outside the music industry going on in 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 my personal and legal life that I've had to tend to quite a bit, and yes. that stuff was really coming to a to a head when Dev was reaching out, and I knew it was going to be coming to even more of a head when he was, you know, mentioning his schedule and when he was looking at it, and I was like. Hmm. You know, I just don't know if I can commit to this, and I know Dev needs, you know, he needs a commitment from somebody. So I just wasn't yes. able to carry through with it. But and and there's another thing: you never know about the future, you know. And maybe Dev at the time was thinking, I'd like to go out and do some shows and be able to play some strapping music 
and I kind of need you for that gene. Maybe that was going through his head at the time. I, that didn't come across to me, but had I known that I might have, you know, you give Gene the chance to play some strapping stuff, and he's going to be all over it. And, of course, I'd, I'd love to play that with, with Devin, Jed, and Byron, you know. Um, but I love strapping's music. You know, I love Dev's music. And, you know, I, I, I definitely wish him the best. I've mm-hmm. seen recently somebody mentioned to me that, you know, there was a headline somewhere saying Dev plans on playing some strapping music. And it's like, oh, man, boo, I wish I could do that. But great, he's going to get a killer drummer. That was from the interview I did with him. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. In in saying that, like, I didn't really, you know, I don't like asking people about reunions and stuff you get asked every single day. It's That's why I I thought if you're comfortable to talk about it, cool. If not, but uh, thank you for answering the question, man. But um, I I get it. I'm a pretty open book. I don't have much that is like, oh, shit, I can't talk about that. yeah, but I mean, like, we're focusing on, on what you're doing now and the future, and the future's really damn exciting for you, man. I mean, there's so much you got coming up that that's just phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for you, man. And, and just like, I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, City, I'm not going to beat around the bush. City is my favorite metal album of all time. And I, I saw you guys once. It's probably mine, too, you know? It's definitely in in my top tops you know i love city i love alien i love strapping you know that's that was my whether i played in strapping or not that would have that was my absolute favorite metal band you know totally yeah i was fortunate to be the drummer on on the records but even if that was just music that i just heard out of the blue like god city was ball crushing you know that was awesome Oh, it's 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 awesome, man. Like I, I still listen to it, and like your drumming is is the biggest one of the biggest keys to that. Like, there's a lot of emotion oh, in your you. playing. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's that that's very kind. Thank you. That's really good. Cool. No speaking about speaking about drums, real quick, and one thing that I don't know if it's been announced yet or or any of that, but I'm announcing it here anyway. Is that um, a part of this Australian trip for Dark Angel? I'm going to be sticking around Australia for for a few days after the the tour, and I'm going to be doing some drum clinics in. I believe it's going to be at least Melbourne and Sydney, and then you know maybe Brisbane or Adelaide or something. I I, I hear there's going to be three to four clinics, um, so I'd like to mention that in this that you know hey i'm i'm going to be doing some clinics as well so it's it's going to be a australian onslaught of of gene for the dark angel trip and then right directly afterwards coming back to some of these towns to do some clinics so so that'll be pretty good dude <laughs> you've read my mind i was actually going to ask you i was going to say yeah. you plan on doing some clinics and i hope brisbane or gold coast is on the menu yeah, man, I hope so, you know, I, I, but I'm, I'm definitely doing the clinics. I'm just not quite sure which, which cities there that are, are being solidified for them. But, um, you know, one, one thing I try to do in my clinics is I try to make them kind of all-encompassing for everybody. I try not to be just a drum clinic guy, you know. It's yes. like I've, I've done 
Australian clinic tours before, and they were always great, and the people are awesome, and I, I just, I have a good time. I want the crowd to have a good time, and I, I like making things inclusive for everybody. So even if you're not a drummer, but, you know, and I, gosh, I, I, I open up the, the questions always, you know, like the question and answer session. That, that's, that's a part of the whole clinic, you know, you don't, it's not like I'm going to take five questions and then everybody else <laughs> shut. You know, it's like, God, got a question, shout it out. I'll answer it. And for the drummers out there, if they have drum questions, I try to answer those. For just the metal fans that are like, hey, man, what was it like, you know, doing this or that or whatever? You know, I try to be there for that, too. So I try to make the clinics really entertaining and really fun for everybody. And I try to make them for more than just drummers. You can be a guitarist or you can be a bassist or a singer, or you don't even have to be a musician to come down and enjoy, you know, an hour and a half of some chatting and some drumming. So there you go. That's awesome, man. Oh, I can't wait, dude. Of course, uh, Gene, thanks again for taking the time to hang out on the show, mate. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at Dark Angels this September. Have a great weekend, man, and thanks for hanging. It's been awesome. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much, man. We'll catch you soon, man. We'll see ya. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 